it's going to be very difficult for TCU to hold up, I think, for four quarters in the game. This is the most physical team they've seen, and I don't know if TCU will be up to the task of being able to slow it down. I'm taking Michigan. I'm assigning it 43 confidence points. It's my most confident pick of the bowl season. Always College Football with Greg McElroy is presented by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of Always College Football. Today is December 16th and we have a lot that we need to get to because bowl season is officially upon us, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited. And by the way, what they've done now at ESPN.com and, and look... If, this is not like me shamelessly promoting ESPN.com. As you know, we talk and tell you that all the different sports sites from NBC to, to CBS to Fox, everybody's great. Like, I love everybody. I really do. Uh, because the more coverage of college football, the better. But I am really appreciative because there was a big void in my life, massive void in my life there in bowl season, at least up until I was time I was like 28 years old. Well, that void is no longer there. Why? Because we have at least a March Madness bracket-style version of how that we can kind of make the postseason fun and you're making picks. So today's the day when we go through all of our bowl picks. And because we want to make it just a little bit tougher, we're going to assign some confidence points as well. So ESPN.com, they have that bowl mania, and I love it. I mean, I'm by the way, I'm terrible at bowl mania. I'm always awful. At Bowl Mania, I had one year where I was like 99th percentile. Every other year, I'm like somewhere between 50 and 60. Why? Because things flip at the last second, and I'm not really that good when it comes to keeping up with my picks. So I kind of like pick and stick. And if a guy opts out that's a critical piece to a specific team, uh, I don't usually adjust it. <laughs> like my picks are my picks. So we're going to lock them down today. And we're going to try the very best we can to finish a little better than like 39th percentile like I did last year. So that's kind of where we're at. I love that we now have at least like a bracket style version of this. Like it used to be we'd watch all the bowl games, but now we have a rooting interest in all the bowl games because of the picks that we're going to make. So we're going to go through, assign those. We're going to make sure that you can do it as well. And we might even, you know, try to create some type of contest for our listeners, especially as it relates to the Always College Football Twitter and Instagram handle. So if you send us your, you know, bowl mania pick them and you're doing really well and you beat us and all this other stuff, you might might hear from us. Maybe we'll shout you out. Maybe we'll have you on the show. Maybe we'll do a little talk back. Who knows? Because clearly if you beat us, which won't be that hard, let me just tell you, it won't be difficult. Uh, then <laughs> maybe you can come on here and tell us just how dumb we are. All right, so we would be open to that for sure. We have a great game plan in store for you today. The California Board of Regents has officially confirmed UCLA's move to the Big Ten. We're going to talk a little bit about Mississippi State, who has officially removed the interim tag from Zach Arnett, and he is going to become the head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And we're going to kind of you know, kind of give you some news and notes, which have updated sporadically over the last couple of days. Things are moving very, very quickly. But without much further ado, let's talk about it presented by AT&T 5G. All right, it's official. UCLA is heading to the Big Ten after finally receiving approval from the University of California Regents Wednesday. All right, so it does come with certain stipulations. It's not exactly just, hey, go ahead, see you soon. No, it's it's not exactly that. It was a bit of a struggle. The end, uh, the overall vote ended up being 11 and 5. Uh, 11 yays, 5 nays. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I never thought that there was going to really be an issue with UCLA moving to the Big Ten. I thought that there was really more, I don't know, you know how there's some like grandstanding in politics from time to time? That's kind of what I thought was going on. I didn't actually think that the Board of Regents was going to stop UCLA from you know from moving and and pursuing I guess more lucrative I guess agreement with the bigger picture affiliation that is the Big 10. I never thought there'd be an issue and and there shouldn't have been, but they are going to have to pay <laughs> to cut a check to Cal Berkeley somewhere between 2 and 5 million dollars. That's that's going to be annually, uh, and that's for a handful of years. So, what does that mean? Not much. Uh, <laughs> is two to five million dollars going to move the needle in Cal Berkeley? I I don't know. I hope not. 
I certainly hope not, but we shall find out. Um, this, of course, I, I don't know. I feel like much was talked about this, but it is full speed ahead for 2024 when UCLA and USC are officially going to be in the Big Ten. It's going to be very exciting at that point. Obviously, they'll get rid of divisions. I am very curious to see how their scheduling is going to work and how the travel is going to work. And if they have consecutive games on the East Coast, will they just stay out there? Like, I do think there are some logistical things I'm very curious about, but we can kind of explore those possibilities here down the road. So good for UCLA, good for the Big Ten. We're all good at this point with the move. Other news and notes. Zach Arnett is officially the head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Now, not a ton of surprise there, obviously, given the circumstances surrounding the tragic passing of Mike Leach. Zach Arnett has been there. Zach Arnett has been with Mike Leach and understands, I think, what needs to happen and what needs to take place in Starkville for this continued growth that they've experienced these last couple of years. I am very optimistic about the hire. I have a good relationship with Zach Arnett. I think he's an excellent coach. What he does really well, granted, defensive mind, right? Defensive coordinator. So what he does well is he creates a ton of issues for the opposing offense with pressures, with blitzes, with things that are a little bit exotic, and he creates a lot of chaos. And that is very difficult to prepare for. Basically, the best attribute of Mississippi State's defense the last couple of years is that they do everything. They're really solid across the board in about 35 different structures and looks. They don't necessarily have a true, genuine identity because their identity is multiplicity. And that is very difficult as an opposing offense trying to play against and trying to prepare against as well. So I think Zach Arnett does a really good job. Now, sometimes I think they get way too aggressive, but I appreciate it. I think he is one of those guys that he doesn't care. He's coming and he's going to make life very difficult on the opposing offense. So that's him as a coach. What is he as a person? Well, uh, there's a lot of people that that know him a little bit better than I do. Um, and those people have spoken about just, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He has a he has, a, a, I think, an, an approach to the game in which it's all about toughness. And people have said, and Mike Leach has kind of echoed this, and this holds true at pretty much every place that Mike Leach has been. You're going to think, well, because they score a lot of points and because they are air raid, they're, they're not super tough. That is not the case. Washington State, when Mike Leach was there, was insanely tough. Mississippi State always, forever, has been insanely tough. And I think the fit here is very important. Zach Arnett is extremely, extremely tough-minded individual. Uh, Hard-nosed, knows how to kind of create an edge, and will lean into the blue-collar mentality that is Mississippi State. This is a really good fit, I feel like. He is kind of one of those guys that's a little bit self-made. Um, and I do think when you look at at where he was at as a young player, as a young coach, this is a really ideal situation for him. So I'm thrilled Obviously, under awful circumstances, but I'm thrilled for Zach Arnett that he now has the chance to lead the program moving forward. What's going to be most important for him? I think at this point, he's going to have to figure out who's going to call the plays offensively for Mississippi State moving forward. I think it is going to be of the utmost importance to go out and get a big-time offensive coordinator. And I think there's plenty out there that are available. Will you probably lean into the Mike Leach tree? I would. Um, I, however, would probably be a little bit more open to maybe running the football. So a guy that would make a ton of sense in my eyes would be a guy like Seth Luttrell, formerly of North Texas. He was the head coach. Seth Luttrell, if you look at his offenses there at North Texas, yes, they had quality quarterback play, but he was able to adapt and mold and shift and adjust with exactly what he had from a personnel standpoint. Sometimes they threw the ball over the yard. Sometimes they ran the ball right down people's throats. So I would be very intrigued at the possibility of bringing in a guy like Seth Luttrell. But if you don't want to deviate from that traditional tried and true air raid system, there's a bunch of guys out there. <laughs> there are so many different guys out there right now that have an air raid background and that Mississippi State 
I think Mississippi State is a very attractive destination because one, you have a good quality quarterback in Will Rogers who's been there before, who understands how to operate the offense that has played a ton of football. You have had a lot of success in the last handful of years bringing in and recruiting defensive linemen, which is imperative in the SEC. You've also had a decent decent run of success bringing in and attracting good running backs and quality pieces at wide receiver. So I think when you look at where Mississippi State is at, I think you can win at a very, very high clip there. And look at Dan Mullen. Look at the guys that have been there in the past. Dan Mullen was there for a really long time, was consistently successful for a very, very long time. The expectations in Starkville are not outrageous. They just want to be consistent. They want to be competitive against the top teams, and they want to pull off the occasional massive upset. If you can do those three things at Mississippi State, they'll have you in Starkville for as long as you want. That's what I think is very attractive about the job. Plus, everyone in Starkville, literally the nicest fan base in America. I, I don't, I've never been anywhere else where people welcome you with open arms. It's just a really, really nice, wonderful place. And for those that have never been, I'm telling you, go and check it out because it's better than you think. Everyone says, well, it's in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it is difficult to get to. I will agree. I will admit to that. But I do think once you get there, it's a really awesome place to live. So very, very excited for Zach Arnett. He, of course, will be the head coach in the ReliaQuest Bowl when they're playing on January 2nd. Uh, that'll be his head coaching debut. and It'll be a tricky one, obviously, as they have their hands full. Uh, knowing that they're going to be playing against a really, really solid Illinois team. So be very interesting to see how things kind of match up for them, but going to be very excited to see what Zach Arnett does. And especially as far as the coaching carousel is concerned, it's going to be very interesting, I think, to see exactly who he targets from a standpoint of offensive coordinator. And then finally, from a news and notes standpoint, Drew Brees is going to actually be a part of Purdue's coaching staff when they take the field in the Citrus Bowl. Now, I haven't necessarily seen a lot of examples like this in the past, but what is it lately about high-quality NFL co NFL players that are now saying, you know what, I want to go and, and coach? Dion's obviously done it. Eddie George has done it. Uh, you've seen um, most recently... Uh, Obviously, we've seen Jeff Brom, who was, who was a good NFL player that decided to go and, and become a coach. Uh, Trent Dilfer recently took the UAB job. I mean, there are a handful of guys now that are like, all right, well, I think I want to go try my hand at coaching. Well, maybe Drew Brees is next in line. <laughs> He's going to be a part of that coaching staff serving as an assistant. We don't know exactly right now what he's going to be. He's actually hired as a countable assistant. So he's permitted to work with the students and the athletes on the field. He's an on-field coach. He can also be a big part of the recruiting pitch for Purdue when he's trying to bring in and attract the next crop of Boilermakers. So I think that part of it is significant. How much will he impact the program from an XO standpoint? Probably not. Is he going to come in and install uh, Sean Payton's offense? I'm <laughs> probably not going to happen. Probably not going to teach Aiden O'Connell how to win all the, you know, how to get through and all, kind of matriculate his way down the field five, six, seven yards at a time. That's probably not going to happen. But who is a better advocate for playing and having success at Purdue than Drew Brees? And if he's going to be one of the guys that's in your countable assistant pool that can go out and visit with recruits in Florida when you get down to Orlando or you know, in the days and weeks leading up to the bowl game in and around the area there in West Lafayette. Get all over Indiana, get down to Cincinnati, get over to Ohio, get down into Kentucky, go west into the Illinois. He, I think, is probably the most recognizable face as it relates to Purdue football in at least the 21st century. So I, I think that this is massive for them to be able to bring him in. And hey, maybe if he's scratching the itch, maybe he likes what he's doing. Perhaps maybe it's something he considers down the road. Of course, a great football mind and a good dude as well. So happy for Drew Brees that he's going to help with his alma mater and hopefully, hopefully help to push them over the edge in what should be an outstanding bowl game there in the Citrus Bowl. Let's Talk About It is brought to you by AT&T 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. 
Every college football season, Goodyear knows the importance of winning on the road. The road will always demand confidence, the confidence to handle whatever the journey brings and to perform under tough conditions. And just like the players and the fans of college football, Goodyear is ready. Are you ready for the road? Visit Goodyear.com to find the right Goodyear tires for whatever road you're on this season. Goodyear, more driven. This episode is brought to you by AT&T, official sponsor of the college football playoff. Is checking your team stats at 2 a.m., watching highlights while eating with buddies, or catching the game during a wedding all too much? Nope, because too much college football is never too much. And AT&T 5G keeps you connected all season long. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. All right, now let's pick some bowl games. Let's pick some matchups. Let's try to do a little better than we did last year. I think we were at like 40th percentile. It was atrocious. So we're going to try to get back on the winning ways. All right, we're going to try, try very hard. Now, take every single one of these picks with a grain of salt. If you're running to the local casino and putting money down on these picks, like tread lightly. All right, these things switch with opt-outs and guys deciding to shut it down and guys declaring for the draft and guys deciding to take other jobs and you have interim coaches. Bowl games are supposed to be fun. They're not supposed to be stressful. So if you're like hanging on by, you know, this just the tiniest margins here, if you're trying to make money by following these picks, do so at your own discretion. It is not necessarily a foolproof plan. All right, so let's try it. Coobs, let's kick it off. All right, the first bowl game of the season, Miami of Ohio versus UAB in the hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl. Who do you like right. and what's confidence? Well, I think I'm going to go with UAB and I'm going to sign a confidence of 40. We talked about this the other day. I just think UAB has a little bit too much with what they have offensively. And I just look at Miami, Ohio. I'm not convinced on the defensive side of the football they're going to be able to you know, slow down that rushing attack. So I'm taking UAB. I'm assigning it 40 confidence points. 40. It's a big number to start off with. I like it. All right, next one. UTSA and Troy in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl. One of the best bowl games of the entire season. Two incredible coaches and Jeff Trailer at UTSA, John Summerall at Troy. We're talking about two guys that are phenomenal. Uh, I think this game features a lot of legit dudes. All right. You have Kamani Vidal, who's an excellent back there for Troy. He's kind of led that late off that late offensive surge. But Frank Harris on the other side with UTSA, man, he's not to be outdone. I actually like Troy in the game. I think their defense is what wins it. So I'm only going to assign it three confidence points, though, because I love UTSA as well. All right, moving on to Saturday bowl games. The first one's so interesting. Cincinnati versus Louisville and the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Well, probably one of the most awkward bowl games. Uh, when you think about the fact that Scott Satterfield, in the time since this bowl game was announced, has decided to move from one place to the other. Cincinnati, of course, his new job, and obviously Louisville, his old job. Jeff Brom's at Louisville, though, so I don't think there's that many people that are too concerned. Either way, when you look at the players in this game, we don't know necessarily about the opt-outs, but you have two game changers. You have Sir Abdullah for Louisville. You have Ivan Pace Jr., who's a unanimous All-American for Cincinnati. If those two guys play, those are the guys that you need to watch. I like Cincinnati in the game, but it's going to be tight. Louisville's just been very inconsistent this year, and I think Cincinnati in a setting like this, this is where they would excel. Just All one right. confidence point, though. Just one, literally. One, my least the, that, confident okay. pick. My least confident pick of the bowl season. All right, next one here. Jackson State versus North Carolina Central in the Cricket Celebration Bowl. Well, Jackson State is completely dominated. I mean, completely dominated. So I have a difficult time thinking that this is going to be a super competitive ball game. You look at what Jackson State has done this year. It's Deion Sanders' last game, first and foremost, and they've outscored opponents 456 to 135. And then in SWAC play, they've outscored their opponents 309 to 70. 
So between Shadur Sanders and Wilkerson at running back, I, I just don't think that there's going to be enough for North Carolina Central to do to kind of keep up. So I like Jackson State, and I'm assigning it 42 confidence points. 42. Okay, next game here, Florida versus Oregon State in the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. This one a little bit trickier for me. I, I like – everyone is all over – Oregon State, I didn't think it was as clear-cut. I think Florida's a team that still has really good backs, still have pretty good personnel along the line of scrimmage. Yes, there are issues at quarterback, but Jack Miller's not, you know, he's not terrible. He's just going to be thrust into the into starting job for the first time at Florida. So it'll be very interesting, I think, when you see Oregon State. Will they be able to run it on Florida? Because Florida's defense has been very up and down this year. I like Oregon State. I'm assigning it 41 confidence points, but this is also one that I'm kind of banking on it being a little bit tighter than the experts might think. Interesting. Okay, next game, Washington State versus Fresno State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by who? Stiefel. Tighten up. Stiefel. (laughs) Yes, Stiefel. Uh, I'm actually calling this game, so I'm going to abstain from picking. I actually does that mean off, I get to pick? Does that well, mean I get to ki- pick and you tell me how wrong I am? Uh, you can pick. That's fine. Uh, all I know is that it has to be. Uh, let me decide how many confidence points we're going to actually assign to it. But yes, if you would like to pick it, you are more than welcome to. Uh, but it's going to be assigned twenty confidence points right there in the middle. All right, I like this. I'm going to go with Washington State for mm. no other reason. And that I believe the Cougars will win because and for Mike Leach. I, I think that I think that that will certainly have an impact on just how motivated they are to take the field. They will be a little short-handed, though. A couple guys have opted out. A couple guys have transferred. So we'll be interesting to see exactly what the availability is. Great quarterback matchup, though, in that one. Cam Ward against Jake Hayner. Two phenomenal players at their position respectively. So if nothing else, watch for that. It's one of the best quarterback matchups of the entire bowl season. All right, next one. Rice versus Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl. Everybody and their brother is all over Southern Miss here, which makes very easy for me to pick Rice. I'm taking Rice. I'm assigning just nine confidence points. I don't feel great about it. But if you look at how teams have fared when they're five and seven, Rice is five and seven. I get the sense that when you get this new lease on life as, as a five and seventeen that somehow makes it into bowl season, you usually don't let that opportunity squander. So I'm actually going to take. I don't think either team played very well down the stretch, but I'm taking Rice to pull out the upset against Southern Miss. But like I said, not super confident. Just nine confidence points. All right, SMU versus BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. Who do you like? This is a tricky one because I like both these teams. Right now, though, the uncertainty surrounding Jaron Hall, whether he's practicing, is he not practicing, is he playing, is he not playing, is he going to return from the ankle injury? I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think this thing could be very high scoring. Most games involving SMU are. I'm taking SMU um, because they haven't had a chance to play in a bowl game each of the last two years. They've had their last two games canceled in 2021 and in 2020 because of a COVID outbreak. So I think they are definitely, definitely set and prepared to take the field in this one and will be excited probably to potentially win a bowl game for the first time in quite a while. All right. And North Texas versus Boise State in the Frisco Bowl. Uh, I feel pretty confident about this one. I'm going to take Boise State. I'm going to assign it. 34 confidence points. This one doesn't feel as difficult for me to kind of iron out, partly because I think North Texas, they just fired Seth Luttrell. Eric Morris is coming back. I think that this is a pretty good team, North Texas. I think they got steamrolled, obviously, in the conference championship game against, against UT San Antonio. But either way, they had done some nice things throughout the course of the year. However, Boise, man, few teams were playing better than Boise going into championship weekend. So I'm going to go with Boise thinking that they kind of kind of get that bad taste out of their mouth after I played poorly on the blue turf against Fresno in the Mountain West Championship. 
I think they get it done. I'm going to assign it, like I said, a confidence level of 34. I feel pretty good about this one. All right. Now we're moving to Monday, December 19th. Marshall versus UConn at 2.30 on ESPN. Who do you like? How about the puppies getting back into a bowl game? First time since 2015. Just a remarkable accomplishment for Jim Mora and the players. They finished really strong. Remember, this is a team in UConn that beat both Boston College and Liberty. However, Marshall, remember they beat Notre Dame early in the year, but they played awful there in the middle stretch before finishing with a really solid finish themselves. They won five of their final six, including the last four. So this is a team that was playing its best football at the end of the year. They are really good on the defensive side. They don't allow much. And I think UConn's going to struggle to score in this game. So I like Marshall in what should be a low-scoring affair. I'm going to sign at 33 confidence points. Confident in Marshall. The thundering herd. All right, moving on to Tuesday. Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I'm taking San Jose State. I'm assigned 26 confident points. Now, you're going to notice uh, I don't usually like taking MAC teams in bowl games. It's not, it's not because I don't like the conference. I just feel like most of the time, a lot of these bowl destinations, obviously in Boise, Idaho, not the case. Uh, this one being there at Albertson Stadium on the Smurf turf. But either way, we're talking about cold weather teams that haven't seen 80 degrees in quite a while, playing in some warmer destinations. So I think it's always tricky being a Northern team in bowl season. And that's why I think right now, uh, I'm definitely going to take San Jose State. They have been pretty dang solid uh, over the course of the last few years. And then if you look at Eastern Michigan, they are 0-4 in bowls under Chris Creighton. And of only one postseason win in their history that was back in 1987 so it's a fun matchup you have some really good players on both sides you're gonna like watching the quarterback for san jose state shevin cordero he's very athletic he's fun to watch he's unpredictable former hawaii rainbow warrior he now is though at san jose does a really good job so he would be a guy that i'd be watching in this one i like san jose state to get the job done and what was the confidence uh total number 26 on that one 26 okay Next one, another MAC team here at Liberty versus Toledo in the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, is it Raton or Raton? I don't know. I've, I've always said Raton. So maybe I've been saying it wrong this whole time. That's uh, a to- New York thing, Raton. That's, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Toledo, first MAC championship since 2017. And they did drop four of five, uh, four of, it's five games by seven points or fewer. So like it was a really, really close moment for Toledo to be legit. Uh, Daquan Finn, him being back healthy is a massive difference. And they have pretty good on the defensive side of the football as well. However, they're playing against a Liberty team that had just lost Hugh Freeze, but they've now replaced uh, Hugh Freeze, obviously, with Jamie Chadwell. I think you're going to get Liberty's best. They played terrible down the stretch. Terrible. Awful, awful, awful. Terrible down the stretch. So I think the game will be tight. I'm taking Toledo, 13 confidence points. But a lot of people think that Toledo is going to just run Liberty out of the gym. I don't know if I think it's going to be quite like that. I think it's going to come down to the wire. But I'm leaning Toledo, but don't feel real confident about just 13 points. All right, moving on to Wednesday, December 21st. Western Kentucky versus South Alabama in the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Oh, South Alabama... One of just four group of five teams that won 10 games in the regular season. Kane Womack has done a phenomenal job. They won so many close games. Uh, They won five by seven points or fewer. But they also, remember, they almost beat UCLA. If not for a last-second field goal, they would have been victorious in that one. Western Kentucky, on the other hand, been kind of mixed. You know, Austin Reed, he's already said he was going to the portal. Now he's back. That's, I think, a huge coup. Of course, one of the statistically one of the best quarterbacks in America, and they have an excellent, excellent receiving core as well. Malachi Corley would be a name that you need to watch. It's really, really good. They can score, man. So you have great defense in Kane Womack with South Alabama against great offense there with Tyson Helton at Western Kentucky. I, I lean just, I don't feel great about this one at all. I think South Alabama is a tough team to pick against. 
That's why I'm taking them. I like the defense over offense in this particular game, but I don't feel super confident in it. I'm only going to assign it 13 comp- or 15 confidence points Excuse me, for the Jaguars. Okay, moving on to Thursday, December 22nd, Baylor versus Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. This is a really interesting matchup. Baylor had such a weird season. I mean, I don't know if I can describe it much better than that. It's just strange. You also are now looking at a team in Baylor. They're going up against an Air Force team that is nine and three and finished number one in total defense, allowing just 256 yards a game. Now, I think it's going to be really interesting because Baylor, remember, they gave TCU all they wanted and they came up a little bit short. Well, that kind of led to them just kind of struggling down the stretch. I mean, defensively, Baylor has not been the same. They decided to let Ron Roberts go. Obviously, Dave Aranda doesn't need a ton of help on that side of the ball, but they've lost three in a row down the stretch. Just really wasn't what we were expecting from Baylor, a team that brought back so much along both lines of scrimmage. I think it's going to be very, very close. I think both teams will play inspired. I lean Baylor. I just think they have better personnel, and I feel like losing what was, uh, you know, I mean, having a team that lost three in a row down the stretch, they don't want to make it four. I think they have better personnel. And should be able to get it done. So I think they'll be able to kind of stymie that Air Force rushing attack and still be able to create some big runs themselves. Give me the Bears, but I don't feel confident about it. I'm only, t- only putting 17 points on the line with Baylor. All right, moving on to Friday, December 23rd, Louisiana versus Houston in the Independence Bowl. Well, there's very few teams that have been more unpredictable than Houston. Uh, they have had so many interesting games this year. And then you look too at Louisiana. There have been moments this year, obviously Michael DeSormo, first year head coach, but they played pretty well at times. So I think that they're going to hang around in this game. They got some really good players on defense, but when you look at what Houston has offensively, I just don't know if Louisiana will be able to keep up. So ultimately I'm taking Houston but I'm only putting 19 confidence points on it. I think the game and what could become a bit of a shootout, if Louisiana can keep up, that'd be huge. I just don't know if they will. So I'm going to take Houston in this one. All right. On the nightcap there, Wake Forest versus Missouri in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Well, obviously you have a great offense in Wake Forest led by Sam Hartman, one of the best quarterbacks in America, playing his final game there for the Demon Deacons. Not sure at this point uh, if he's 100% going to play. No one's confirmed it. I'm going to operate under the assumption that he is playing. Uh, I also think, too, when you look at Wake Forest, man, another team that kind of struggled. I feel like there's a theme here. Another team that really struggled down the stretch. They lost four of their final five games. I think Missouri is going to create a lot of problems along the front. If you look at Missouri's defensive line, they're a problem, man. And when you look at this offensive line for Wake, they're not very good. So I'm going to actually think that this is going to be a bit of an upset. I'm taking Missouri because I think the line of scrimmage advantage that they have and that they can create will be enough to really disrupt the rhythm of the passing game. And I think they'll be able to kind of stymie some of that rushing attack as well. So I'm going to take Missouri and I'm going to sign 24 confidence points. All right. Now we're on Christmas Eve. Middle Tennessee, San Diego State, 8 p.m. in the Easy Point Hawaii Bowl. (laughs) Love the Hawaii Bowl, obviously, out there in Honolulu. San Diego State, they were awful early on, right? I mean, really, really bad. But then they started kind of getting things flipped there as the season went along. Started to grind out some wins on defense. Found a little offense really late in the season. Jalen Maiden was a really nice surprise this year coming on at quarterback as things went along. Middle Tennessee, however, they won four of their final five games to finish the season, but it wasn't exactly against great teams. If you look at it, man, I mean, shoot, Middle Tennessee beat almost nobody down the stretch. I'm going to take San Diego State. I'm taking the Aztecs. I'm going to assign it 21 confidence points. All right, Monday, December 26th. New Mexico State, Bowling Green, Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. A very cool story here, right? I mean, I think both these teams, look, no one's going to ever get things twisted and and make it assume like, hey, New Mexico State and Bowling Green, they're on the way up. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but let's 
be honest, these are two teams that combined in 2021 to go six and 18. Jerry Kill then takes over at New Mexico State. They've only been to two bowl games since 1960. And then Scott Leffler taking Bowling Green to the postseason for the first time since 2015. This is massive. Now, Bowling Green has some good wins. They beat Toledo. They beat Marshall. They beat Miami, Ohio, three teams that we've already talked about in bowl season. They also are really good on the defensive front. Carl Brooks is a name to remember. So I look at this game and I think, man, both these teams are pretty surprising storylines. I just think Bowling Green's quite a bit better. I'm taking Bowling Green. I'm not going to give it a ton of confidence points. I'm going to sign it just seven, but just a good story altogether. And congrats to both these coaches, two teams that are not always in the postseason, finding their way there for the first time in quite a while. So just awesome stories and one that I can't wait to watch there in Detroit. All right, moving on. Tuesday, December 27th, Georgia Southern versus Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl. Well, this is a tricky one. Uh, first of all, it's the Camellia Bowl. It's in Montgomery. So you have to speak as if you're from Montgomery. So it's the Camellia Bowl. It all rolls together. It's not the Camellia Bowl. It's the Camellia Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Not to be confused with the Camellia Ball, which is like a debutante ball. But, you know, I don't know how they were able to connect the dots. But either way, from the Crampton Bowl, they're in Montgomery. Kyle Van Treese started 25 games at Buffalo before he transfers to Georgia Southern. And man, what a great season he had. I mean, he obviously led Georgia Southern to some massive wins. You beat Nebraska. You beat James Madison. You enter the season-ending game with nearly 4,000 passing yards. You also have 25 touchdowns. But man, you look at it. Buffalo has been a streaky football team. I, however, am taking Kyle Van Treese to beat his former team there in the Crampton Bowl. I think it's going to be a good game, though. High-scoring affair is what I'm expecting. Georgia Southern can certainly light it up. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a red revenge game, if you will, for Buffalo. They're going to be anxious to try to beat down their former quarterback, but it won't be enough. Clay Helton gets another win for the Georgia Southern Eagles and what's been a very solid first year there uh, for Georgia Southern. All right, next game, Memphis versus Utah State in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. Uh, tricky one here. Uh, I'm taking Memphis. Um, but, man, you look at it, it's like it's just, Memphis had so many moments this year where it's like, man, I don't, I don't really understand what the deal is. I mean, if you look at Utah State, though, this is much about who they aren't as well. I mean, Utah State really struggled early on. They, of course, beat San Jose State. They beat Air Force, so there were some good wins. They've been to 10 bowl games since 2011, so that is pretty dang impressive. But when you look at it, man, Memphis, Memphis is one of those teams that you might get a great half and then you fall apart in the second half. I don't know. They're just one of those teams that's very difficult to predict. I think they have the better personnel. I feel fairly confident they'll get a win, assuming they want to be there and assuming they're going to come out and play really hard. Uh, they just have a big edge. I mean, Hennigan at quarterback is a solid piece. They have a little bit more firepower. They have a little bit more consistency. So I'm taking Memphis. And I'm going to assign it 25 confidence points. All right, moving on to Coastal Carolina versus East Carolina in the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Well, obviously, after last year's bowl game that was canceled, you know ECU is chomping at the bit, right? You know they're super fired up about the possibility that lies right in front of them. They were going last year to a bowl game, their first since 2014. They got canceled because of COVID. So you know ECU is just chomping at the bit for the opportunity now to take advantage of this situation. Coastal Carolina, meanwhile, of course, Jamie Chadwell left. So he's going to be going to Liberty. They've given up a ton of points down the stretch, gave up 92 points combined in losses to both James Madison and Troy. I think Holton Naylor's, who's one of my favorite quarterbacks in America, big dude, big lefty. It's been a little bit beat up at times this year. I just think that they're going to be way, way more excited to be there. I'm taking East Carolina, and I'm going to put 27 confidence points next to it as well. All right. And the late one, Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate bowl. <laughs> well, this one's a tricky one too. I mean, because you're looking at it and Spencer Sanders and Graham Mertz, the two guys who led their respective programs, not there. Um, I mean, this is like the opt-out bowl or the transfer bowl, like the portal bowl. I don't know what to make of it. Like who's playing, who's not. 
what 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 are we going to go with? Both teams have traditionally fared, I feel like, pretty well in bowl games. Wisconsin didn't like the way they finished at all offensively. Oklahoma State, they've been very disappointing down the stretch after what was a great first half of the season. I, however, just think that Oklahoma State is a little bit more firepower. I'm going to take them. I'm going to sign at 28 confidence points in probably one of the most unpredictable bowls of them all. I, I just don't know what to make of either side, and I think both teams could be a little bit low scoring as a result as well. And a late kick, 10-15 Eastern kickoff time. All right, moving on to Wednesday, December 28th, UCF versus Duke in the Military Bowl. Well, this is a this is a good one. Obviously, Mike Elko and what he did taking a team that went three and nine and zero and eight in the ACC, three and nine overall, zero and eight in the ACC last year, bringing it to their first bowl game since twenty eighteen is awesome. Both teams are very solid on defense. UCF definitely has an edge offensively with just how John Rice Plumley has played when he's been available. However, when you look at him, man, Riley Leonard for Duke. Probably not talked about as much as he should in what was a very good quarterback-led ACC, but he's had a really, really nice season there for Mike Elko. I think Duke has the edge from a motivation standpoint. I'm going to take the Blue Devils. I'm going to sign it 29 confidence points. It's probably a little high given the fact that it would be a slight upset, but either way, I think Duke gets it done, but it should be close. All right, Kansas versus Arkansas in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Well, the drought is officially over, man. Kansas back in the bowl season for the first time since 2008. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome that these two teams, both Kansas and Arkansas, they haven't played since 1906. And yet, think about how close they are from a geographic standpoint. So it's really awesome. You got Jalen Daniels, who's the exceptional quarterback of Kansas, going up against KJ Jefferson, who does a great job plan for Arkansas. When he's been healthy, Arkansas has been a completely different team. Obviously, when he was at less than 100%, they weren't very effective offensively. So the MVP there for Arkansas, without question, is KJ Jefferson. Both teams are 6-6, six and six, but when, when you really look at, at kind of everything, Arkansas had four games in which they lost by three points or fewer. So I wouldn't be surprised because Kansas has been a fast-starting team. Maybe they come out of the gates quickly, but I think Arkansas ultimately will do enough in the second half to pull away in what should be a very high-scoring affair. So I'm taking Arkansas, and I'm assigned at 30 confidence points. All right, then we move on to Oregon versus North Carolina in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Who do you like? Well, both teams kind of struggled down the stretch, right? I mean, you got two really good quarterbacks, Bo Nix for Oregon. You got Drake May for North Carolina. The combined stats for the two are staggering. Over 7,500 combined passing yards, 62 passing touchdowns, 21 rushing touchdowns, and nearly 1,200 rushing yards. Those are the combined stats of the two starting quarterbacks. So it's pretty amazing when you look at exactly what these two teams have accomplished offensively this year. The one thing that's different is that we know for sure Oregon's defense has at least shown some signs of being able to take the game over from time to time. Now, it hasn't been as consistent as I would like, but if you look at what they have on the defensive side, I trust Oregon's defense more than I trust North Carolina's defense. So ultimately, I got to go with the Oregon Ducks. I'm going to sign at 36 confidence points. Big number there. All right, Texas Tech versus Ole Miss in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Well, this is a really interesting matchup. Uh, two teams that are familiar with each other played each other in the regular season just a couple years ago. Uh, Ole Miss kind of tumbled down the stretch. Obviously, there was a lot of rumors about Lane Kiffin maybe going to Auburn and all these other things. But now that he is officially locked down there in Oxford, Mississippi, we know they have a sensational freshman running back in Quinshawn Judkins. And I think he is going to be the reason why they might be able to pull it off. But I think last year, you look at Texas Tech and everybody said there's no way they're going to be able to take out Mississippi State. What did Texas Tech do? They smoked them. So they won't be sneaking up on anybody this year. That's for sure. When you look at Texas Tech, they have, uh, they'll be without Tyree Wilson, which is less than ideal. I think Tyler Shuck will be able to create some issues for Ole Miss. But ultimately, I think Texas Tech is just not there from a personnel standpoint, I think the rushing attack of Ole Miss will be too much. And they get back to their winning ways here in the postseason. I don't feel super confident. I'm taking Ole Miss, but I'm only assigning it four confidence points. 
All right, moving on to Thursday, December 29th, Syracuse versus Minnesota in the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Well, Syracuse, after what was a great start to the season, kind of limped their way to the finish line. Just 7-5 and five record after what was a great start. They were up there, what, 10, 12, 13 in the country and really stumbled down the stretch. Here's the thing. I mean, you have maybe the best running back matchup of the entire bowl season. You have Mo Ibrahim, one of the best backs in America for Minnesota, has had a sensational year, complete workhorse, eclipsed 100 rushing yards in each of the games he played this year. So 11 games played, 100-plus rushing yards in every single game. And then on the other side, Sean Tucker for Syracuse, um, his second straight 1,000-yard season. So you look at both teams, excellent excellent running backs that will be on display. However, the best units all across the board in this game is Minnesota's defense. I think Minnesota gets it done with their defense and they force Syracuse. I think they might struggle to move the football on a consistent basis. So I'm taking Minnesota. I'm assigning a 31 confidence points. All right. The Oklahoma Sooners versus Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. What do you like? This This one feels a little too good to be true, right? Like I am very high. On Oklahoma, or very high on Florida State, not as high on Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been up and down this year. Their defense has really come on. I feel like at times they've really blown out some opponents down the stretch. They're playing their best football here late in the year. Dylan Gabriel is going to present some issues. There's no doubt about it, but I don't think Oklahoma is going to be able to defend Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, all those talented wide receivers and a rushing attack that just keeps coming at you. I expect it to be a high scoring affair for the most part, but I'm taking Florida state. I think they're going to eventually just run away and win the game comfortably. I'm assigning a 37 confidence points. All right. In the nightcap, Texas versus Washington in the Valero Alamo bowl. One of the best bowl matchups of the season When you look at Washington, obviously, hey, they did their part. They won there in the Apple Cup to allow Utah to get into the Pac-12 championship game. Utah ultimately made their way to the Rose Bowl by beating SC. So Washington, to kind of stumble and be in such a huge piece in what happened in the Pac-12 race, they're going to stumble all the way to the Alamo Bowl. You know they're going to be fired up. They're going to be going into it with a chip on their shoulder. Michael Penix has already said he's coming back for next year, which is very, very exciting. Got to wonder, is Bijan Robinson going to play? If he doesn't, you know, Roshan Johnson will be the next man up. Quinn Ewers, can he maybe take a step here in bowl practice uh, and become maybe the tiniest bit more consistent? Missed some throws down the stretch, didn't play as well down the stretch. So it'll be really interesting. I like Washington in this game. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Texas is a little bit more well-rounded, but Washington, I think, has the edge from a motivation standpoint. So give me Washington and what is Sark after dark is what people are calling this one. You got Steve Sarkeesian's former team against his current team. I think Washington and Keelan DeBoer cap off what's been a phenomenal 10-2 and season with a huge win against another quality team in the Texas Longhorns. Signing it, just right. six confidence points, though. Okay. All right. Moving on to Friday, December 30th, Maryland versus NC State in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Well, this is uh, interesting. I mean, just an old old school ACC matchup, right? <laughs> Obviously, when Maryland left for the Big Ten, it no longer. Uh, you know, the all-time series is actually deadlocked, 33-33-4. and four. So NC State's won 33 times, Maryland's won 33 times, and four ties. So this team, this matchup, this former rivalry, if you will, this old ACC tilt uh, has been pretty evenly split. NC State is excellent on the defensive side of the ball. Drake Thomas is phenomenal. Uh, Aiden White is terrific as well. There are some question marks, I think, about NC State's offense. Is they're going to make some adjustments and things like that? I like Maryland in the game. Last year, Maryland... The last time that they had a chance to really go out and play, Talia Tungabailoa went out and balled. They're going to be less than 100%. A couple of receivers might not play in the game. But either way, I'm taking Maryland. I think edge is from edge from a motivation standpoint. Plus, as you guys know, you've probably listened to me all year long. I've been a little bit unimpressed with NC State. They've found ways to win and so incredibly proud of how they've been able to find ways to win. But man, I don't know. If they're at maybe just slightly... Better offensively, I'd feel better about them, but I just don't trust their offense. I think Maryland is pretty good on the defense side of the football, underrated on that side of the ball, and they can score some points as well. So give me Maryland, but I'm not super confident at just 12 confidence points. All right. Pittsburgh versus UCLA in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. 
Well, I do think the opt-out situation is something that needs to be watched here. Now, this could obviously have a huge impact and change on how I perceive this game. Because if Dorian Thompson-Robinson plays, if Zach Charbonnet plays, if the other NFL draft hopefuls for UCLA play, then UCLA has a fairly sizable edge. And then on the other side, uh, Kalijah Kansi, if he were going, I might feel a little bit differently, but he's already said he won't. He's he's banged up. And then you have an excellent running back matchup here as well. You have Izzy Abanaconda, who's had an awesome year against Charbonnet. Will Charbonnet play? Will Izzy Abanaconda play? I don't know. I don't know these things at this point. I like UCLA a little bit better than I like Pitt, but opt-outs could have a huge effect on my perception of both these teams. I'm taking UCLA. I'm assigning at 38 confidence points, but like I said, I reserve the right to change if for whatever reason we find out there's some players for the Bruins that aren't going to play. Can't go 38 points and say I'm going to I can change it. My goodness. But okay. All right. Your game, your rules. Adjust on the fly. (laughs) Notre Dame versus South Carolina in the Tech Slayer Gator Bowl. Why are the Irish going to win? (laughs) Well, I'm taking the Irish. Uh, I'm not as confident as you are, maybe just 14 confidence points. Um, No Drew Pine. He's in the portal. So it could be Tyler Buckner, uh, who is now back from injury after they said that was going to be a season-ending injury. So glad that, that he's going to be available. If it's not him, it could be Steve Angeli. Uh, could be Ron Paulus. There's no telling. So who's going to play quarterback for the Irish? That I don't really know. South Carolina, however, they played really, really, really well down the stretch against both Tennessee and Clemson. Um, both teams are excellent in special teams as well. This is the best special teams matchup in the bowl season, if you're into that sort of things, if you love punts and punt blocks, this is the game for you. I'm taking the Irish. I think they're just a little bit more physical along the offensive line. And I think they'll be able to, with their three-headed rushing attack, I think they'll be able to kind of slow down and disrupt the rhythm of that South Carolina offense that was playing really well down the stretch. So I like Notre Dame. They're not a team that's going to beat themselves. And South Carolina has been a team that feasts on teams that beat themselves. So uh, I think North Carolina, or excuse me, I think Notre Dame is just slightly better. Uh, so I'm going to take them, but I, I expect this one to be a bit of a coin toss. So like I said, only 14 confidence points. All right, then we go to Ohio versus Wyoming in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. It's going to be a low-scoring game, okay? <laughs> Ohio is without their quarterback, Curtis Roke. He got hurt. C.J. Harris, the backup, played pretty well against Bowling Green, uh, but didn't play very well against Toledo in the MAC championship game. Wyoming, meanwhile, was shut out 30 to zip in their regular season finale, and they only scored 30 points once against an FBS opponent. So I look at both these teams. It's probably going to be a bit of a defensive struggle. I lean Wyoming just ever so slightly, No reason in particular outside of the fact that I think in a game that comes down to the wire, give me the team that might have more fans in the stands. And I just feel like there's going to be more Wyoming fans in Tucson than are going to be Ohio fans. So (laughs) if if I'm going to go with that, I guess proximity to campus uh, might be the biggest reason. So give me Wyoming. But I think uh, this one, like I said, is probably going to be a game that I would consider maybe playing the under in for sure. All right, in the nightcap here, the Capital One Orange Bowl, Tennessee versus Clemson. All right, getting into the New Year's Six. I'm calling this game, so I am going to resist uh, making a, a pick. I'll, I'll defer to you, but I'll let you know that the confidence number on this one is just 16. This is a tough one because on one hand, I think because Clemson uh, is getting a fresh full game of Cade, I want to take them. But on the other hand, I want Tennessee to win this for their fans. After this great season they had, I want them to go home and have something in Knoxville. I want them to have a trophy. So I want Tennessee to win, but I think Clemson will. Tennessee making their first New Year's Six Bowl appearance in the college football playoff era. So uh, quarterback changes abound. Joe Milton will be starting for Tennessee, more than likely, (laughs) unless unless something's happened uh, that we're unaware of. Uh, and then, of course, you have Cade Klubnik, who will be making his first start as DJ Uyunglele is currently in the portal. So, going to be an—I think it's going to be an awesome game. I'm very, very excited to be on the call for that one alongside Joe Tess and Katie George. All right, Saturday, New Year's Eve, kicking us off: Alabama, Kansas State, All State Sugar Bowl. Who do you have? 
It's a tough one, right? I mean, if I knew that Alabama was going to be at 100%, I feel really good about them winning the game. Uh, but I don't know that right now. I don't know if Bryce Young's playing. I don't know if Will Anderson's playing. If you look back, Alabama traditionally has not had players opt out of bowl games. 2019 is the only example in which they missed the playoff prior to this year. Nobody opted out with the exception of Trevon Diggs and Terrell Lewis. Uh, those were the only two guys. Everyone else played. That includes you know Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, guys that went on to become top 15 picks. Uh, they still played in the game. So going to be really interesting, I think, to see whether or not Alabama takes the field at full strength. I'm going to assume that they do. Just knowing the personalities of both Will Anderson and Bryce Young, I think they're going to play. I don't know for sure, but I think they're going to play. However, it's difficult for me to bank on that. And I know that Kansas State is going to be at 100%. Deuce Vaughn will play, Will Howard, Malik Knowles. Hopefully he'll be back and healthy and, and ready to contribute in this bowl game. Uh, obviously, you got some great frontline defensive players, and you got some excellent linebackers as well. So this is a really, really good matchup for both teams. I think it's a great opportunity for Kansas State. I think they will certainly have the edge as it relates to motivation, but I'm taking the team with more talent. That team's Alabama. I think they finished the season really, really strong. And it's an indicator of culture. And I think they want to create some momentum heading into 2023 when they'll, of course, be going after the college football playoff yet again. So I'm taking Alabama, but I'm only putting two confidence points next to it. I'm not super confident that this game is going to go the way I think it's going to go. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, Iowa, Kentucky, and the Transperfect Music City Bowl. Over under 31. Just going to throw that out there. I would take the under. Uh, I don't know how either team... Uh, well, I think Iowa will be able to score. Uh, I'm not as convinced that Kentucky is going to be able to score. Now, obviously, you look at Iowa, Spencer Petrus, Alex Padilla in the portal. Petrus is out. Um, so who do they go with? Carson May, Joe Lobus? I don't know. I don't know who's going to start a quarterback for Iowa. But then again, I've seen what Kentucky looks like without Will Levis, and it's not pretty. Will Levis decided to declare for the NFL draft. He's not going to play in the bowl game. I think in a game in which it's probably going to involve a lot of punts, I trust the special teams unit for Iowa to make more plays than the Kentucky special teams unit. I'm taking Iowa, and I'm going to assign 39 confidence points, but I wouldn't be surprised if at least one score comes from either the defense and or the special teams, and that one score might be the difference in what should be a really low scoring game. All right, moving on to the CFP semifinals. TCU Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. I'm taking Michigan. Uh, I think this game, a lot of people have said, well, TCU, you know, they're, they don't belong. I don't agree with that. I think TCU has firepower. I think TCU can push the ball down the field. I think Max Duggan's excellent. Uh, I just think Michigan is the most well rounded team right now that TCU has seen. It's not even close. And Michigan, I think, is going to pound TCU in a way in which Michigan kind of pounded uh, Penn State. Like Penn State, good defense, but my goodness, man, when you start getting that rushing attack going and that vertical rushing attack, it's going to be very difficult for TCU to hold up, I think, for four quarters in the game. This is the most physical team they've seen, and I don't know if TCU will be up to the task of being able to slow it down. I'm taking Michigan. I'm assigning it 43 confidence points. It's my most confident pick of the bowl season. Wow. Okay. Didn't expect that. Ohio State versus Georgia in the other CFP semifinal in the Peach Bowl. I'm taking Georgia. And I mean, we'll, we'll obviously talk about this game and these games extensively. I'm taking Georgia. I don't feel as confident as I do in the other semifinal game. I'm assigning it just eight confidence points. I just think Georgia, if this game becomes a shootout, Georgia can win that way. It used to be, well, if the game becomes a shootout, that's advantage Ohio State. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think Georgia is okay getting it into a shootout. That's fine. They trust their defense that they're going to make a play. And I think Georgia's front, Jalen Carter, is the difference in the game. He's going to push the pocket internally and is going to make C.J. Stroud really uncomfortable. So at the moment right now, I'm taking Georgia. But like I said, not as confident as I am in the other semifinal game. I'm assigning it just eight confidence points for the Bulldogs. Okay, now we're moving into 2023. Mississippi State versus Illinois in the Real Quest Bowl. Relia Quest Bowl. You got to get the sponsors right, amateur. Relia Quest Bowl. Sorry. <laughs> Relia Quest Bowl, formerly the Outback Bowl down there in Tampa, Florida. You have an excellent defense in Illinois. 
against an excellent offense for Mississippi State. But you watch some of these guys defensively for Illinois. Man, they're excellent on the perimeter. Devin Witherspoon's phenomenal at corner, one of the best corners in America. They're excellent at defensive tackle, make life very, very difficult, especially if they can push the pocket and make Will Rogers uncomfortable and force him to get off his spot. So I think Illinois has the right recipe in this game. I think they can run the football. And I think they're going to, don't get me wrong, Mississippi State's going to play like their hair's on fire. Uh, Mike Leach, obviously, there's going to be tributes abound. There's, they're taking the field with heavy hearts, and they're going to try to make him proud, no doubt. I just think Illinois is a better football team. Uh, and I think Illinois is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage and will be able to run the football and take advantage of some of the aggressiveness that Mississippi State's going to throw at him defensively. So I'm taking Illinois, and I'm assigning 18 confidence points. All right, next game, Tulane versus USC in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. All right, I'm taking Tulane in this one, and it shouldn't require that much of an explanation. I don't know if Caleb Williams is going to play, but I know for sure that Ty J. Spears and Michael Pratt are going to play for Tulane. And I think the Tulane is going to try to cap off this incredible turnaround season, 2-10 and 10 last year to 10-2 and two this year. I think they're going to completely be able to cap things off and get things done. So I'm very, very impressed with Tulane defensively as well. I think they're going to make life a little bit difficult for whoever's playing quarterback for USC. 20 points per game allowed, just 340 yards per game allowed by Tulane's defense. So I like Tulane to be able to get the job done and, and pull off what most would consider to be a huge upset. But at those that have followed the game closely know that the group of five team usually has a massive edge in motivation, and that is a big factor in who wins and loses in bowl season. All right, next one, 1 o'clock on ABC, LSU versus Purdue in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Well, two teams that lost in the respective championship games, uh, and Purdue hasn't played in Orlando in a game like this since 2004. So they won't be necessarily impacted by... Opt-outs, obviously LSU, they have a bunch of guys that are probably on the fence whether or not they're going to play or not. Of course, Jeff Brom will not be there, uh, so it'll be Drew Brees and company who will be helping lead Purdue onto the field. I think Aiden O'Connell will shine. I think Charlie Jones will shine. But ultimately, when I look at it, I just think LSU has a little bit more team speed and they have arguably the best player on the field. Yeah, Charlie Jones is great. Aiden O'Connell is great. But I don't think any of them are as good as Harold Perkins. And I think Harold Perkins, who's going to be rough, rushing the passer off both edges, he's a huge difference in what should be a pass-first approach. Now, the screen game will help Purdue for sure, but I'm taking LSU. I'm assigning it 35 confidence points. All right. And the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Penn State versus Utah. Who do you like? Well, Utah obviously was a massive breakthrough in their program's history last year to just get to the game, right? They came up short, but still, just to be there was massive. It's a seminal moment for the Utah program. Well, now it's time to win it, and I think they're going to. I have been impressed with Penn State, especially on defense this year, but Joey Porter probably not going to play, or at least doesn't sound like he's going to play. So when you look at it, man, I think that you look at Cam Rising versus Sean Clifford. I like Cam Rising. Uh, Dalton Kincaid is opting out. That's a huge loss for the passing game of Utah. But either way, I think the rushing attack and I think the physical presence that is Utah will be able to hold up against what is a really, really good defense at all three levels for the Penn State and the Lions. So I'm taking Utah. I think it's going to be really, really close. Uh, I don't love the matchup for either team, to be honest with you. I think both teams can do some things against the opposition that could make it a little bit difficult. I'm taking Utah. I'm signing at 32 confidence points, but I'm telling you, man, I think Utah is going to play really well to get a win because I think Penn State's going to be real fired up to be there. And the last one, the CFP National Championship that you picked, Michigan versus Georgia. Who do you like? I'm, take, I'm taking Georgia uh, at this point. I'm assigning only 11 confidence points. I don't feel great about it because I don't know who's playing in it. So we're going to have to check back. And the good news is we have plenty of shows between now and then to be able to break down the national championship. And this pick doesn't officially lock until 6.30 p.m. Central Time on January 9th. So I got lots of time to be able to adjust this pick. So let's just see who wins the semifinals, and then we'll talk about who's going to win this one. But either way, it's 11 confidence points. That's where I'm going. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? 
It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, let's put a bow on it, guys. What a great show. Got to go through every single bowl game. We'll do so a little bit more, too, here in the days to come. We just hit a little brief preview of some of those games, but we'll break them down a little bit further here in future episodes. So hope you're as excited as we are for all the games that are coming up both today and tomorrow because we have a lot of games coming up here in the next 24 hours. So hope you're really fired up. I know I am. I'll be in Los Angeles on the call for the LA Bowl involving both Washington State and Fresno State. So that'll be awesome. Tune in. That'll be 3.30 Eastern time on ABC. Thank you so much for being with us. Please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out. It helps the show out. We look forward to continuing to break down some of these games. We'll give you some great recaps of some of those games on Monday, tell you exactly what happened, tell you why it happened, and we'll set the stage for what should be a great holiday week next week on Always College Football. This has been Always College Football with Greg McElroy, presented by AT&T. 5G. Too much college football is never too much with AT&T 5G. Hey guys, it's Greg McElroy. Thanks for watching Always College Football. Make sure you like, rate, and subscribe to ESPN's YouTube channel and wherever you listen to your podcasts.